Hello, and thank you for tuning in to today's service from Harvest Church in Silver City, New Mexico. We hope this encourages you and brings you closer to the Lord. Now, today's word from Pastor Clyde. I'm excited for today. Everybody got your Bibles? Cool. We're going we're gonna to be uh, open up to the book of Luke, in the book of Luke. So many great things going on, man. My, hey, my daughter's here today. She's texting on her phone. No, she's taking notes is what she's doing. Stand up. Stand up. Let everybody see how beautiful you are. She looks just like me. Pray for her. Uh, just let me pause there for a second. I want to I speak to God's grace and mercy um, in our lives. Um, my daughter, um, she was born in 1998, and in, in the year 2000, I decided to go off and do my own thing and, uh, and leave her and abandoned her for, let's see, basically 11 years, 12, almost 12 years. Um, I wasn't part of her life. And um, during that time, we had no contact, very little contact. And um, I got, I was, you guys know, I spent some time behind bars. And, and I had about a, a month left of my time. And uh, my daughter and my mom came to see me. Um, and, and this is the first time we'd seen each other in a long, long time. And uh, when she came, she said, Dad, I know I don't know you that well, but I want to live with you. And, uh, and Ashley and I were just newly, newly together. Elijah was a baby and all kinds of crazy things. I got out. She moved in with us. And um, I think this was God, though, because uh, for two reasons. One, because I love her and I missed her. But two, I got her from 13 to 17. And those of you that have raised a 13 to 17-year-old daughter, <laughs> God's like, okay, you, you skip the fun part. I'll give you the hard part. But certainly... Um, God's restoration and grace, our relationship is stronger than it's ever been, and um, I love her, and I, she asked me, she said, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? I said, come to church uh, this Sunday. That's all I want. That's all I want you to be at church with me, um, and she's here, so she brought my grandson. My grandson is a, uh, how old is he? Yeah, he's, he's a dog, so be careful. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's at home, uh, so we're excited to see him after church, but Anyway, so hey, let me tell you this. If, if, if there's a miracle in your life that you're praying for and you say, God, there's no way this will ever happen. I want you to see this is a miracle I never thought would happen that God restored and God made that happen. So he's awesome. Man, the Christmas season. How many of you are excited about the Christmas season? All right, so many great things, so many great times, right? I mean, exciting times and, and great times with family and all those kind of things. But how many of you would agree in here that Christmas time can also be a little bit stressful? Would you raise your hand if, if, if you think it could be a little bit stressful? Right? And, and what we've done is we've done a good job taking a season that should be celebrated and enjoyed, and we've turned it into a commercial um, Chaos would probably be the best way to say it, right? And we've created this monster um, that we've turned into this super stressful uh, time in our lives, right? If we're being honest, like, I know some of you are sitting there, not me, Pastor, but some of you right now, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, it'll be hard for me to communicate to you today because of the amount of stress that you're carrying in your life right now. Right, Because of the amount of stress, some of you are going to be battling the stress. Some of you are already planning your trip to Crucis immediately after service today to finish up Christmas shopping, right? There's some of you that maybe, maybe this year finances just didn't line up and, and you don't have the money to Christmas shop like you wanted to. So you have that amount of stress, right? Or maybe you're fighting with your spouse or maybe you're fighting with your family and so you have all this amount of stress that is built up in your life and, and, and really you came to church hoping for a breakthrough but really what's on your mind is the amount of stress that you're dealing with. So what I wanna ask you today is try your hardest to set that stress aside, okay? 
if you, if you worry about it right now or you worry about it at 11.45, it's still going to be there, okay? So let's worry about it at 11.45, okay? If you were to all be honest with me real quick, just by a show of hands, how many of you are stressed right now? Okay, a lot of people. Okay, so out of all the people that raised your hand, hey, you guys don't want to all go upstairs. Nobody upstairs raised their hand. They're stressed. So let's everybody go upstairs quick. Okay, that joke was horrible. <laughs> On the count of 10, I want you all across this room, yell the stress level that you're dealing with between 1 and 10 just yell it out on, on the count of three. So if it's, a, if it's an eight, like 10 is the worst amount of stress. One is like, I'm good to go, okay? So, so on the count of three, just yell it out, whatever your stress level is. One, two, three. Seven. I heard seven was the loudest one I heard. Is there an eight? Anybody yell eight? Okay, eight's over here, okay. Eight's over here, okay. Is there any ones? Dang, all right, praise the Lord. You're one, okay, one's over here, okay, all right, good. That is great. Well, we love you guys that are ones, okay? Praise you this morning. Hang out with us as we deal with our stress, okay? When we, when we stress or when we have stress in our lives, we give up something else in our lives. Would you agree with that? The stress has to replace joy, or for today, the stress has to replace our peace, okay? So when we're stressed, we lose our, our peace. We lose our joy. So I want everybody to say peace. peace, okay? So stress, it costs something, okay? And the price for stress is called peace, okay? Most of the things, if we're honest with each other, most of the things that we stress about are really not that big of a deal, Right? Now, I'm not trying to downplay because I know that there's some things that, that you're dealing with in your life that are, that are serious, and I'm not trying to downplay those. But what I'm saying, in the most of us that deal with stress, the things that we stress about are really not that big of a deal. If we were, if we were to look at the big picture, we could probably say, man, I probably did, wouldn't need to stress about that too much. And some say, why are we so stressed, right? We, or, or maybe you ask your friends, well, why are you so stressed out? Right, somebody the other day asked me, they said, Pastor, I could tell you are stressed out. Why are you so stressed out? I said, man, I'm super busy right now. And that was a weird answer because I make my own schedule. And so, so really I've created my own stress. Does anybody else create your own stress? Okay. My pastor, uh, Pastor Mike, when I call him, he, you know, he's old school. And I'll call him and I'll say, hey, Pastor Mike, how you doing? He said, I'm busy, Clyde. He said, I'm busier than a one-armed paper hanger in a windstorm or something like that, which makes no sense to me. But I think that's really busy. And so I know that, you know, I get busy and I get stressed and I carry those loads of, of different things. And we all, we all deal with those things a little bit different, right? And so if we're not careful, though, what will happen is we will end up searching for our peace in places that we don't need to search for our peace at. Because what happens is the stress takes away our peace. We ultimately want peace in our lives. But what happens is we keep the stress and try to find the peace somewhere else. And sometimes, we'll talk a little bit more about this in a little bit, but for some it's money. If, you were to, if I was to say, if I was to ask you how many of you are stressed about money, you don't have to raise your hand. Somebody in here would probably raise their hand. Okay? And if I was to give you a million dollars, okay, the million dollars would not fix your problem. You want to know what a million dollars would do to somebody who's stressed? It would magnify the other problems in their lives. 
okay? So, so we say, if I had a million dollars, it would just solve everything. That's not true. If you had God, then you have everything. So my hope today is that you will see how to turn to Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. That you would turn to him for your ultimate peace. Does anybody in here like to watch TV shows? Movies? Okay. Netflix? Disney Plus? Okay. So again, on the count of three, I want you to yell out your favorite TV show or movie, okay? Ready? Whatever it is, okay? One, two, three. I didn't hear one thing you said, okay? <laughs> On the count of three, um, like, talk, okay? Don't, you don't have to yell it. I'll be able to hear it, okay? On the count of three, tell me your favorite TV show or movie. Go. One, two. The Office. The office. Yell something else. The Voice. Fox and the Hound. Upstairs. You guys watch movies upstairs? Fox News Channel. All right, moving on. I saw somebody earlier, their wife elbowed their husband and said, honey, you cannot yell Breaking Bad in church. You cannot say that's our favorite show. But, you know, one of the things that uh, I love to do, I love to watch movies. I, I, I love to watch movies, but, but when I sit down to watch a movie, I'm, I'm really kind of annoying to watch a movie with because I look for every single detail in the movie. Does anybody else do that? I look for every single mistake, like if their hair was one way and then the next scene it's another way, or if in one scene they're wearing a watch, then immediately they're not wearing a watch. Like that's, a t that's how I watch movies, okay? So if you're watching a movie with me, that's how boring, and I'm like, my wife would tell you, I pause the movie, rewind it, I'm like, look right here. His fingernails are different lengths. And what happens is, is, is I don't know why we do this, but, but how many of you have seen movies that you could legitimately quote from the beginning to the end? Okay. Name that movie. Just real quick. Just say it. Shrek. Twister. Did you say too short? Oh, okay. I think so. Wow. Jesus, pray for her. My wife can legitimately quote Lion King from the beginning to the end. So we don't watch Lion King in our house. It's banned from the house. But what happens is, she sings like an angel. But what happens is, is in movies, we, we see a movie and we think we know it. But if we were to pay real close attention, we would see that we really don't have a full understanding of everything within that movie, right? Because we'll watch a movie and then we'll watch it again. Well, I can't believe I missed that, right? And, and, and I, my hope today is that you may have this thought on peace. This is a long way to get to this, but my thought is that you, you would have a, a certain thought about peace. And my heart is that I would show you something different today about peace because it is, it is super important that, that we understand how valuable peace is in our walk with God. It is, it is valuable today. So, so today we're going to talk about peace. Turn to your neighbor and say peace. peace. How many of you could use more peace in your life? I think everybody could. I agree with you. Okay, so Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Here we go. Luke chapter 2. This is the Christmas story 
Okay, we're not going to read it all for the sake of time, but we're going to read starting at verse 8, um, and we're going to catch through this one part of the Christmas story when Jesus is born, and this is the part I want to focus on, and we're going to look at some other scripture. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. I didn't give my heart to God until I was 30 years old. Um, and, and my definition of peace was really the Webster's definition, the Webster's dictionary of peace. I didn't have a biblical understanding of what peace meant. And, and, and Webster's or Google's definition of peace is freedom from disturbance, quiet, and tranquility. So basically no kids, okay? How many of you would enjoy that type of peace? Just, just, just freedom from disturbance, quiet and tranquility. Okay, so there's, there's, so I want you to understand. There's a part of me after church. This is my type of peace I want. Okay, I want to take a nap. I want to shut off my phone. Right, that's the type of deal. But, but this, this type of peace is a, is a peace that the flesh craves. Okay, the peace that I want to show you today is the peace that the spirit craves. Okay, and so, so. It's like, um, so if we look at this definition of what peace means, it's like when everybody um, gets on your nerves. Do you guys ever have those days where everybody gets on your nerves? Okay. Your wife is like, you better not raise your hand. Christmas is like two days away. If you're smart, don't raise your hand. You need those socks, brother. Did your parents ever used to tell you you're getting on my nerves? Okay, my mom's the only one that ever said that. I'm the only one that's scarred from that. My mom used to say, I had no idea what that meant, how I was getting on her nerves. I, never, I still never even understood it to this day, what that really even means. But apparently I did it a lot because she used to say that. And like, I think of peace. How many of you would say, man, my, my definition of peace would be like in the mountains, in this cabin with like no Wi-Fi, just just the wind blowing and maybe some snow. Like, how many of you would think, like, that would be peace, okay? How many of you would say, like, my peace would be, like, by an ocean, um, like, just my feet in the sand, um, drinking water, like, those type of things? I said water. I was like, I'm not going to the beach. I was like, I don't want to go no more, right? How many of you would say that? Okay, how, how many of you would say my definition of peace would be on the middle of a fishing boat, in the middle of a tropical storm being slammed from side to side. How many of you would say that that would be your definition of peace, right? Not too many of those people would definitely choose this option, right? 
Because here's the thing, until we can get this type of peace, until we can find peace, even in the tropical storm when we're being swayed from side to side, everything else is a temporary effort to get what only God can give you. Okay, so, so today I want to talk to you about this thing called peace, true peace with God. Okay, see, sometimes we think uh, peace would be at home watching a movie. How many of you think that that's peaceful? Okay, the movie, you're not going to raise your hand no more, you're just going to give up on me? Okay, stay with me, man. We only got like 30 minutes. We're going to hang in there together, okay? I'm hungry too. I want tamales. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that type of peace, whether it's sitting in a cabin, sitting on the ocean, sitting in your room watching a movie. There's nothing wrong with that. But the reality of it is this, is that that is only a temporary escape. So see, you could have this built up, you know, you've been fighting with your husband, fighting with your spouse, you've been going through these financial issues, you've been going through all these things in your life, and you say, all I need to do is sit down and watch a movie, or all I need to do is get a massage. And yes, that's going to help, but that's only a temporary escape from the true problem. See, if you don't deal with the root of the issue, you'll never be able to get, see the fruit of what true peace has for you, right? And so that's what I want to show you today, is that, that we see a temporary escape. And really, what a temporary escape is, a temporary escape is, 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 is really counterfeit peace. It's counterfeit. It's not, it's not real. It's temporary that makes you feel good in the moment. Some of us look to it... Um, um, through social media, right? Some of us um, will post a picture of ourselves um, hoping that people will comment, right? Like this. <laughs> With my jacket on. And we would hope that we would get some comments, some feedback. Why do we want that? Because it puts a Band-Aid over the, over the hurt. It gives us that temporary, that counterfeit peace. When really, we, yeah, we're seeking love, but we're looking for love in all the wrong places. I have no idea why I said that, but that's a song, right? That's probably why I said it. So temporary, so, 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 so tem a temporary escape is really counterfeit peace, right? Yeah. Counterfeit peace. So my question to you is what do you use for your temporary escape? Everybody has one, okay? At some level, we all have one. For some, it's food, right? Tamales taste really good when somebody's mad at you. I've been saying tamales a lot today. Somebody made me tamales that they're supposed to bring me tomorrow. That they're supposed to bring today, but they didn't. But they're gonna bring them tomorrow. So that's why I'm really excited about tamales. Right? Some of it's so, some it's, some it's food. Some of it's relationships. Right? Some of us go from relationship to relationship to relationship in hopes that we'll find that true love. Some it's validation or affirmation. Right? T t tell me how good. I am, right? This used to be my number one struggle. I'll be honest with you. My number one struggle when I first got into ministry, my number one addiction was approval. 
Number one, I wanted, as soon as I got off the stage, I wanted everybody to tell me how good I preached. And when they didn't, I went to depression, I went to stress. Nobody, I must be a horrible pastor, I must be a horrible speaker. Why didn't anybody tell me that I preached good? Right? So some of us, it's validation, right? Be careful with that. It's a dangerous one. That'll get you in areas you do not want to go. For some, it's money. For some, it's money. We'll look to money. Money will solve all my problems. I'll, that's all I need is a little bit more money. And then when you get that little bit more money, I'll need a little bit more money. A little bit more money. And then for some, like I said, it's, it's social media. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's a temporary escape that we put the label of peace on. We tell ourselves this will bring us peace. Is, is there anybody that loves to shop for peace? Okay. Well, they, there's a word for that. What's it called? It's um. Say it. Retail therapy. Retail therapy. Does anybody do retail therapy? <laughs> do you see how it's connected? Retail therapy then leads to money issues. <laughs> we ain't got time to go there, but. So remember that it's it's a temporary it's a temporary escape. It's a, it's a, it's a counterfeit peace. And what we do is we put that label. A peace on. You guys know that I love I love shoes. Okay, shoes is like my thing. Okay, and so like I research shoes, I buy shoes. Like that is my thing is shoes. Okay, I do my best to never buy a counterfeit pair of shoes. Okay, I want to buy the original shoe. Right? So, so I, have, I have a pair of Yeezys, and everybody always asks me, are those fake? And I said, why? Like, that's kind of rude to ask that. <laughs> yes, they are. But no, just kidding. They're, they are not. They are not, okay? They are real. And, 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 and people, people always ask me, well, why don't you just buy the fake ones? It's because I don't want the fake ones. I want Yeezys. Is why. I don't want the Feezys. I want the Yeezys, right? <laughs> and so, so, so what happens is, 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 is a fake shoe... It looks very similar to to the real one, right? What happens is they slap the brand Yeezy on a fake shoe. You do the same thing with peace. You take the original piece, which is God, slap your sticker on the counterfeit, and call it peace, and hope that everyone no one will notice. That's a good opportunity to clap because I'm preaching better than your amen. But I want to tell you today. God don't want you to have the counterfeit. He wants to upgrade you today. He's going to upgrade you today. Just take your shoes off. You're getting some Yeezys today, baby. You get Yeezys. You get Yeezys. Nobody's getting Yeezys, but you're getting peace. That was fire. God wants us to know that we don't need the affirmation that we seek. God wants us to know that we don't need the money that we pray would just rain down from us. God wants us to know that we don't need a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Those things are all great, right? But we don't need them. If we get into God, if we search God as hard as we search validation and affirmation, You would find it instantly. Here's what I don't understand. Why you could believe a guy who has no job, 15 kids, eight babies, mamas, 
He tells you you're beautiful and worth so much, but you will not believe God who created you, who knitted you together in your mother's womb, tells you you're beautiful, and you say God's a liar. But I love him. Well, he loves your food stamps, so whatever. (laughs) It's a scorcher today, guys. Pastor Tim, every, every week in my office and during what I'm preparing for Sunday, so come and say, Pastor, you're, getting, you're writing a scorcher this week? This week I did. <laughs> Jesus is the Prince of Peace, right? So until we realize that real peace comes from God, we will use temporary escapes to, to feed our need for, for true peace. How many of you like really like McDonald's hamburgers? Okay. There's a few. Okay. Okay. But, but how many of you like Blake Slaughter burgers? Okay. From Bayard. <laughs> Why do they say it's so much better? I don't know. I haven't even tell the difference, but there I find myself driving 10 minutes to go be a burger. Wouldn't you rather have something that's real? And authentic. I challenge you today. What is your temporary escape? I challenge you. Ask yourself that. What is the what is your temporary escape? Because I've had to evaluate. I mean, daily, weekly, I have to evaluate my life to make sure that I'm not searching for things that only God can give me. Approval used to take my peace. I told you, approval used to take my peace. And when I didn't get it, it would send me to a place that was not healthy. But I thank God, as I was thinking this all week, the Holy Spirit just kept reminding me that my peace is found in Jesus. My peace is found in Jesus. You want me to tell you something? If your peace if your peace is in things or people or money or things like that, it can be gone in an instant. If your peace is in God, nobody could ever take it. Never. Nobody could ever take it. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 16. Go. All right, here we go. John chapter 16, verse 33. Here on earth, you will have many trials. How many trials? A few? No trials? Many trials. And take sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. If you don't know another scripture in your life, remember that one. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So Jesus, he's talking to his disciples. He says, look, you're going to go through some difficult times. You're going to go through hell, but take heart because I've already overcome the world. 
Did you guys notice I didn't read the first part? Let me read you the first part now. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. So where is peace found? In him, in God, in Jesus. So he's saying you're going to face some trials. In here today, you're facing trials. Yes, you may get fired from your job. Yes, your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever may break up with you. Yes, you may get a bad health report. Yes, you may be going bald. You know, there's all these things, these trials that you're going to go through. But take heart. Why take heart? Because he's already overcome the world. If he's already overcome it, he's already won it all. There's nothing else to win. So God promises peace, not the absence of sorrows. Okay? So God promises there's going to be peace, but you're also going to go through some struggles. And I think we all struggle reading this particular scripture because it's like, God, I come to church every Sunday. God, I listen to what they say. I've been giving my money. I've been believing. I've been tithing. I've been, I gave so the foster kids could go Christmas shopping yesterday. But yet I'm still going through these issues. I'm still having problems at home, and my health is still not good, and I'm still dealing with all these major things in my life. And God is saying, but I don't think you understood. You're going to face many trials and sorrows. The promise is this. You will have peace in him because he has overcome the world. Not you will have peace because you'll never go through another difficult season in your life. God is saying my definition of peace is not the world's definition of peace. My definition of peace is not Google's definition of peace. I promise peace, not the absence of trials. Let me say it like this. Trials are the way to know you have true peace in God. If you're going through trials, there's peace. There's peace in God. You can find peace in God. It reminds me of a story we read in the Bible where Jesus and his disciples are going across, they're going across this, 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 this body of water and, and, the, and the disciples, the storm starts coming up and it's waves are everywhere and waves are crashing in and, and disciples are freaking out and saying, we're going to die, we're going to die. And Jesus, where's Jesus at? He's sleeping in the, back, in the back of the boat. He's taking a nap. This shows you naps are biblical people. But naps are biblical, so get you a nap today. Maybe it's only for Jesus. I don't know. It's my interpretation. Here's what I want you to understand. The disciples were professional fishermen. This is what they did, many of them, this is what they did for a living. Why are they panicking when they know the circumstances of the bodies of water? They know how these storms are going to come. Why are they freaking out? And then Jesus is in the back of the boat hanging out. And Jesus confronts the middle of their, in the middle of it, he says, he calms the storm. Because here's the thing, it would have been easy to have peace on the shore. But can you have peace in the middle of the storm? Do you know how they got peace in the middle of the storm? Jesus. That's where our peace is at, is in Jesus. They wouldn't have the peace if Jesus wasn't on the boat. 
Jesus is in control. Do you know where they steered the boat from? The back of the boat. You know where Jesus was sleeping? In the back of the boat. Jesus is always in control. He's always in control. That's good. Thank you. Two people. See, sometimes that affirmation still comes out. You know what I mean? So it just shows you that I'm still a work in him and I'm not perfect and I still need him and depend on him every day. God doesn't just want us to have moments of peace. He wants us to have, he wants us to live continually in peace. Every day of our lives, he wants us to walk in that peace. It's not a place, peace should not be a place we run to. Peace should be a place that we live in. I'll go to church on Sunday. We should live in his presence. Let me show you like this. Who thinks they're really strong in here? Stronger than me. Just kidding. Come on up, Josh, because you're not. Just kidding. (laughs) He's actually really strong. Okay, so I want you to get the pink dumbbell because it matches your shirt. Okay, so I just want you to start doing some curls. It's probably heavy, okay? Is that pretty easy? Okay, cool. So as long as, as long as you do you and I'll do me, life's pretty easy. This is, this is life. I mean, you're good to go. No, no issues in your life, right? The weights are small. There's no really big burden to carry. But as we go through life and we go through certain situations and as long as everything's okay, then you can keep doing that. No problems in your life. But here's the thing. When things start to get out of control and we start to deal with other issues in our lives and now we have some issues come in our lives and pick up the 20 the pounder. Okay, crank those out. Okay, not quite as easy. Okay, that arm is going to be pumped here in a second. Okay. <laughs> so we have these things in our lives that we, that we can't, maybe we can control them for a little bit, but you're going to see not for very long. Right, and that's, that's the thing. He, he can control, when it, was, when it was something small, he can control it. When it. Yeah, keep going. When it was something heavy that he can't control, it becomes a little bit harder. As the storm grows, the pressure gets heavier. You can take a break. Was it heavy? Okay. Let's face it. Life happens. We're not always going to have this, okay? We're not always going to have the one-pounder to lift. We're going to have times, that's only 20 pounds of weight too, okay? I mean, so you think about it, he probably did 50 of those, okay? That gets heavy after time, okay? But here's what I want you to see. You're going to go through things in your life. You're going to face those difficult moments where you thought things were going to go a certain way, but, you know, your life turned out different. Man, you were going to graduate high school, you were going to go off to college, you were going to become a doctor, you were going to do all these things, but then what happened is in high school you got pregnant and, and then the baby's daddy left you and then things start to happen and now you've, your life got a little bit out of control. And So what you thought was going to be a one pound turns into a 20 pound and now becomes heavy and hard and now you're going through life and your kids are misbehaving and you got laid off from work and it's Christmas time and they're bugging you for things and that's life but I want you to see what happens when we 
find our peace in God, how, how things become a little bit easier. How many of you in here today have had life happen? Okay, everybody in here would raise their hand. So what happens when we wake up every day and we have to pick up that weight? And every day we have to do that motion. Maybe that's a weight that we didn't even pick up. Maybe this is a weight that somebody else put on you. Maybe, maybe, you, were, maybe you were hurt as a kid. Maybe you were, maybe you were mistreated as a young child. Maybe, maybe these are things you didn't even ask for, but yet this is the weight that you carry, and somebody stole your peace at a young age, and every day you wake up having to pick up this weight because this is what you carry every day of your life. The past hurt, the shame, the guilt. We get up and we say, it's time for church. Let me get dressed and let me bring my weight with me because this is my peace. This is what I, this is what I carry. And we pretend it's not too heavy. Josh is a strong man, but even at 50, you could see he was struggling. He didn't want to let you see he was struggling. But the vein in his forehead up here said he was struggling. <laughs> but here's what I want you to see. If we give it to God, he will give us the peace that we need. If we give it to God, he will give us the peace that we need. Pick up that one too now, the pink one. Oh, and the 20 pound. Okay, you got them both? Okay, go. Go back to that arm. <laughs> so what happens is we may be able to get through some things. And yeah, I'm dealing with this hurt. I'm dealing with it okay. But then something small comes along. So this is the pain when I was hurt as a kid, but now I have to raise kids. So now that adds more pressure to it. You can stop because I don't want you to bust that bicep. <laughs> And we try to carry it all by ourselves when that's not how God intended for us to do it. When is the best time for the enemy to come and attack you? Pick up that weight, too. In, 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 your, left, in your right hand. If I wanted to hit Josh, I wouldn't. If I wanted to hit him, I wanted to be my friend. If I wanted to hit him, when's the best opportunity for me to hit him? When his hands are full. And he's carrying this stress. He's carrying this weight. He's carrying this hurt. He's carrying this pain. It's easy for me to come and attack him. I got the one hitter quitter, I promise you. Just kidding. Jesus, don't let me be prideful. But thank you. When, it, when your hands are full, it's easy for me to come and attack you. Okay, so that's why Jesus made us this promise. The greatest gift ever, the Holy Spirit. Let me read you a scripture. John 16, 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will, or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you as a gift. Here's the point I want to make. How do we have peace in the storm? With the help of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Tim, come up and help him. So now put down this weight. Start cranking those out. 
No, him. Josh, take him out. Here's what I want you to do. Help him lift him. See how easy that became all of a sudden? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He will help you carry that. And eventually, what he's going to do is going to take that weight from you. And you don't have to carry it no more. Big round of applause for these two muscle men. Good job. Thanks, Josh. Good man, dude. The help of the Holy Spirit. See, the disciples, they were, they were strong as long as Jesus was there. Jesus is here. Man, we could, come on, talk, talk trash about me now because my boy Jesus is going to roll through here in a minute and he's going to slap you. And Jesus, in, my na- in his name, that's what he's going to do, okay? But what happens when Jesus said, I'm going to leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be here with you. They weren't as confident. They wanted Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I'm sending the advocate. I must go so I can send him to you. See, when we have the Holy Spirit help us, things get easier. Thank you for listening to today's service. If you feel led to give or would like more information about the church, please check us out at harvestsc.com. And tune in next week for more. We here at Harvest love you and pray that God will bless you and keep you. Harvest, go be the church.